Rabbi Yaki Kamenetsky is also in the Sefer Emes Liyakov in last week's parasha, Parashas Lech Lecha. There's a kasha, Avraham Avinu was able to put himself in danger to go and save Lot without going into the sugya. He discusses how is it shy of him to put himself in a matzav of Sakana. And he writes that even though we know the obvious Akdoshim, they take a ket, the Torah, but there's something called menshlachkeit. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky was very involved. You see, as he goes through the Torah, as he goes through the obvious, he speaks a lot about menshlachkeit, that even if something may be apialocha, not 100%, but menshlachkeit they kept. And he explains it in different ways. And I think it's something to remember when we're dealing with a very sensitive topic of tonight, that although apialocha could be, we can say certain heterim, could be we can say certain mahalchim, maybe yet yeah, maybe it's osa. There's ways to get out of certain things. And maybe a person will come along and say, listen, apialocha, it's okay. Lemaisa, there's something called menshlachkeit. There's something that if a person's an elechayit, he's careful what he does, he's careful, especially with dini mormonists, we're dealing now with something in Chayshu Mishpat. Anybody that enters the sugi of Chayshu Mishpat understands that it's not a matter of saying, you know, maybe we could be mekel, it's a machloikis. It doesn't work that way. Because if a person's mekel on one end, somebody else loses out on the other end. So it's a very big yisoyit. It's something that a person has to realize in Dini Momnes, you have to be extra careful with other people's property. So when we're dealing with these in Yonim, to realize that we're dealing with money, Yiddish money, even if it's Goyish money, stop, a person has to have that Agdama. The Bnei Sascha, when he writes in Igusa, in Igu de Pirka, he writes the following. He says, he doesn't understand how you can see sometimes Yiddish Akinda. You see Jewish children, that they grow up from Yidden, they go to Cheda, they learn Torah, they're davening, they're davening properly, everything is done correctly. It's a beautiful Jewish children. Says the Bnei Sascha, why is it that when these same children grow up, they throw off the yoke of, to- uh, yoke of Torah and mitzvahs, and they go in the opposite way. Says the Bnei Yisrael, the Yisrael is, because they were fed with money that came through Gezel. If the money that they were fed came al day through their parents through Gezel, so says the Bnei Yisrael, no surprise that they turned out in, the, in that way. It's another reason that a person has to be extra careful with the shayla that we're dealing with tonight, we're dealing with money, we're dealing with gezel, we're dealing with the shaylas of Gneva. It's a very serious inyonim. And again, the point of the shir tonight, although a lot of people came just to hear, you know, which haterim can we come out with and say everything's muta. Good, we'll say haterim. But it could be a personal sastarilis as well, apart from the sort of mention of kite, that certain situations are different, certain shaylas are different, as we know with many shaylas, but especially in Dini Mominus, where a person has to ask his own personal shayla when something comes up. What I'd like to do, Be'ez Hashem, is as follows. We're not going to go through as the normal mahalach. We're going to try and go through a journey of Chosha Mishpat to see where such a shayla would come from. Okay, the shayla beginning with tonight is a shayla that is not addressed in Shulchan Aruch. You will not find a sif in Shulchan Aruch anywhere in Dal Chalchei Shulchan Aruch that talks about the lochas of copyright. Nowhere do we find a clear psak about someone that produces something, whether it be a music CD, whether it be a safer, whether it be an item, whatever, whatever it is. Nowhere do we find a Sif in Shulchanag that talks about it. So it's difficult. If we don't have a Sif in Shulchanag that talks about it, what are we meant to do? So what we have to do is, and that's Be'ez Hashem, what we're going to do tonight, is we're going to present some of the Gedolei Poiskim, some of the Gedolei Achreinim, to see how they tackled 
a very similar shaila, and we'll try to apply it back to our case and try to get to some of the dasa kedoyle poiskim in this Indian. So again, the topic over here, Be'ez Hashem, is the halachas of copyright, and it applies to many situations. It applies to music CDs, MP3s, it applies to all these sorts of digital downloading from internet, it applies to, uh, uh, for example, documents or programs that people can buy, Microsoft Word, Windows, all these sorts of things. It applies to a person wants to photocopy a, a page in a safer, a page in a book, a picture that he saw, something like that. He's allowed to photocopy that. And it goes as far as, and again, if we have time, Be'ez Hashem will get into that. If a person's allowed to go into a store, a person's allowed to go into a shop, and to see various ideas, and he wants to use those ideas for himself. Somebody's doing up a house recently, told me that it's all very simple. He doesn't need an interior designer. He goes into various places. He gets an idea from there, an idea from there, an idea from there. He puts it together in his own house, and he's got himself a free interior designer. Is he allowed to do that or not, right? Somebody asked me recently, they're going to China and they want to reproduce a pair of trousers. So they went into one of the big fashionable stores to see exactly the mahalchim with the pleats and the, you know, the whole situation. He'll take it to China with him and he'll go and reproduce them. So then again, these are shilas that the poskim do deal with and these are shilas if we get a chance, we'll try to touch upon them in a very small way. But the main yisoid that I want to get to tonight is the yisoid of copyright when it comes to music CDs and things like that. So again, we don't find any claw sheet and shulchano, but we do find from the Gedoyle Poiskim already in the 16th century that deal with a very similar shaila. So I want to start as follows. We have like this, we have a shaila. In the middle of the 16th century, there was a major machloikas. The machloikas went something like this. Rameh Katzenel and Bogum, which was the Maram Padva. Maram Padva took a Goisha printer, the Maram Padvat came along and he reproduced the Mishnah Torah of the Rambam. He took the Rambam, the Mishnah Torah of the Rambam, and he took out all of the mistakes, he took out all of the printing errors, he fixed it up, and he prepared it for printing. They make a new Mishnah Torah of the Rambam. He took it to a Goyesha printer somewhere, wherever it was, and the Maram Padvat produced this Mishnah Torah of the Rambam with this Goyesha printer. There was another Goyesha printer in a different place, who was very jealous. Mechatesi doesn't come to me. He goes to this Goisha printer. Why don't you come to me? So he decided, he was a very wealthy printer, the guy. He decided what he's going to do is he's also going to produce such a Rambam. Obviously, he won't have the, you know, corrections and all the additions that the Maram Pazva made. But still, he'll produce such a Rambam. And because he was so wealthy, he was able to produce a Rambam in a short period of time and undercut the other Rambam, the new Rambam that just came out, to make it very much cheaper. Now, he doesn't bother him selling it at a loss, and he didn't want to make a profit. He was very wealthy. He just wanted to come along. He was upset. A broker said, he didn't come to me. He didn't come to my printing press. But maybe I'm going to undercut him. That's what he did. So he produced this Rambam at a very low cost. The Shaila was, and this Machleik is erupted. What do we do now? We have two editions of this Rambam being produced at the same time. What's the halacha in such a case? So they came to a entire and they picked a dime called the Ramo. The Ramo was the Abbasid, and he, he was the dime on the case on that situation over there. And the Ramo, when he was dealing with the case, went and he ruled with the Maram for a few reasons, and one of those reasons we can use for ourselves. In the Torah, the Torah tells us, like, a person is not allowed to move the boundaries of his own into his friend's property. You can't take your fence, you can't take your garden, you can't take your boundaries and move them into somebody else's property. Right? Like you're not allowed to do. You can't gain at somebody else's expense. It's what we call our Sogos Gvul. 
Right, that's the t- term that most of the post-game use. It's like it's full. It's used, meaning in English they call it unfair business competition. Even though the Torah wasn't talking about business, but I'll call upon him, that's what they use it for. Unfair business competition. So there's a Gemara. The Gemara tells us as follows. So if Huna lived in a certain place, Ravuna was talking about a case like this. Somebody lived in an alleyway, and they opened up a mill in this alleyway. And they wanted to come along and forbid somebody else who lived on the alleyway from opening up a mill of a similar nature in the same place. So it's not fair. If they open up a mill, and I have a mill, so obviously I'm going to be losing money. If he opens up his business in the same alleyway as my business, so remain I'm going to be losing money. If I lose money, then I have a tiner, I have something against him. So that's the question over there in the Gemara. The Gemara brings another sheet to which we passed in Allah Halamaisa, that this restriction does not apply to the same town. It applies to a different town, a different city. I'm allowed to restrict someone from a different city from opening up a business similar to mine. But in my own town, in my own place, I can't forbid somebody from opening up a similar business to mine. Why? Says the Gemara Pasha. Because just because they came to his business doesn't mean they'll go back to him. Maybe they'll come to me. So therefore, the Gemara Blibes are doing, and that's how we pass in the Halacha, that I can't stop someone from opening up a business similar to mine. Comes to this case. Let's go back now to how the Ramah done the Shaila with this Rambam. In the case of the printing of the Rambam, the second printer could claim to the first printer, what, you have the monopoly of the market? What do you mean? The whole world sells the Rambam. It's not just in one place. Everybody buys the Rambam. And therefore it's not only to that place, and therefore everybody is a buyer of the Rambam, in which case I'm allowed to compete. I'm allowed to compete. There's no problem whatsoever with competing with your Rambam. Send the Ramah, and this is how he paskined, that that halacha of the Gemara, that you're allowed to compete depending on where you are, is, is, is only applying in a case where there is no definite damage. Where it's not 100% going to be that there's going to be a mazik, there's going to be a damage to somebody else's business, to someone else's item. When there's no definite damage, enochenami. It says the Ramah, in the case of the Rambam over here, there's no doubt there's going to be damage to printer number one when printer number two does his Rambam. Because he's selling it at such a lower value, he's selling it cheaper, so it's obvious everyone's going to buy his one. No one's going to buy the more expensive one. So said the Ramah that halacha is true when there's no damage. In this case, since there's damage to somebody else's property, to somebody else's business, so automatically there's going to be uh, damage, and therefore it's also gomu for that person to sell it, and it's also gomu for a person to buy it, until the Maram's edition of the Rambam has been sold out. Now the Ramah understood, right, that this guy is not exactly going to listen to the Ramah's psalm. So what's he going to do? So the Ramah had a Chiddush, and this Chiddush made history. The Ramah came along and wrote a Chayrim. He wrote a Chayrim for anybody who's not allowed to sell this Rambam, and anybody who's not allowed to buy the Rambam. That was the Chayrim the Ramah put on the Rambam that was produced by the second printer. That anybody that buys it, anybody that sells it, is automatically in Chayrim. That's what the Rambam, that's what the Ramah did. And that was the Psak in that case. Now what happened after there was something unbelievable. What happened after there is everybody's, all the printers and all the people that were publishing Svarim and everything else started realizing, hey, this is great. We have an answer. And all of a sudden, every safer that was produced around that time came with a Haskama, and in the Haskama came a Chayrim. 
Every single sefer that was written after that was written. Everybody got a askom. Why do you get askom? So most people get askom for the simple reason to show that you know I'm I'm right to write such a sefer. I'm someone that I can you know trust me for my information. But there's another reason now they wrote the askom. The other reason was that the askom was written in order to put the chayim that nobody else is allowed to publish. Nobody else is allowed to compete with this item up to be'erach 25 years. Right? Some even more, some even less, some 10 years. But depending on the situation, and that is the ma'aseh what everybody used to do and it increased people to go and it actually increased Torah because people were more willing to invest in writing Svarim because they knew that the investment that they were making was worthwhile because nobody's going to go and compete with me I have a chayim no one's going to write a similar sefer I can be rest assured that the sefer that I write is something that's going to be original and everyone's going to buy it wonderful so for many years that was the smoothly run mahalach of the Svarim that they used to print in that time until the early 19th century they came about a machloikis between the Chassam Soifa and Ramot Chabanet. Right, two G'dayle Oilam wrote Rabbonim of different cities. And they came about an unbelievable machloikis. The machloikis went like this. There was a machsa. It was a famous machsa. It was reproduced. And there was one Yid that spent a lot of time and a lot of money to get old manuscripts of different machsoyim. And he put it together and he produced a beautiful new edition of a machsa. And he was ready to go with it, and I had a chayim written inside that no one can reproduce the same version of the similar nusach of this maksa. And another person, another yid, maybe knew he didn't know, whatever it was, he produced a similar maksa, and it came out first. So Shaz, what to do? Shaz, what, came, what to do in such a case? I had two maksayim that came out, one with the chayim, but it was only printed afterwards, and the first one was printed first. What do we do now? So the samsova came out claw. Said the Chamsoifa, it's also Gomor for the second company to sell his Machzorim, and no one's allowed to buy it. And he held it was exactly like the case of the Rambam that the Maram produced years earlier. So the Paskin the Chamsoifa, it's also Gomor for a person to buy or to sell this Machzor. Similar case, two competition, you can't have such a case. Fine. Ramad Chabanet was Chaylik, and he had a few reasons to be Chaylik. He said there's a big difference between this case and the case of the Rambam. The original one from, 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 from the Maram. And the difference is, number one, a machsa is different than a Rambam. A machsa is something that everybody needs, that everybody buys. It's constantly, every yontav, everybody needs it. So therefore, you can't compare it to a case of a Rambam that a person may, who invested his money, may lose his money because no one buys it. Whereas a machsa, you're not going to say such a thing. Because a machsa is someone constantly meet, needs, and therefore a proper person will generally not lose his investment in what he did over there. That's reason number one. Reason number two, he tiny like this very interesting tiny. The second reason that Ramot Chabanet tied it to be Chayyuk on the Chassam Soifer was as follows. He said that if a person has the monopoly of the market, so what's going to happen is, is that he can decide to put the price wherever he wants. Because he's got the monopoly of the market, he can choose whatever he wants, right? Whereas, if you make sure that there's competition, then what's going to happen is the prices go down, and Torah is spreading in Kalal Yisrael. So Ramot Chabanet tied it's another reason to allow it. Because at the end of the day, we want Torah to be spread in Kalal Yisrael. You can't stop one person from producing it. And he had another reason as well, that you have to say it. The pair is not good enough to write it down. The Seder. It seems that the Chassam Psak was the most popular Psak. At the years between 1499 and 1850, 3,662 Askomas all came out with 
This was for, not for people like us who are going to buy it, but these are for the people that were actually producing the item. How to make sure that they were rest assured that they, uh, their investment would be well paid for and would be uh, paid back. So that's number one. Our Shiloh, on the other hand, is a different Shiloh. When we take a music CD, when we take an MP3, when we take something, and we want to copy it, right? So again, we'll have to discuss who am I copying it for and all the different details. But in a regular case, somebody bought a CD, I would like to have the CD also, right? I want to go buy it, so I'll go copy it. So what's my luck on such a case? So here we have a different Hagdara. When I get Hanar from somebody, do I have to pay for that Hanar? I get a Hanar. I benefited from somebody else's things. Do I have to pay halachically for such a hanor? That's the shayla. So here we come now with a little bit more lemaisa. There's a gemara which is paskin in Shulchan Aruch and Chayshu Mishpat Kufnun Ches Sivov. Talks about like this again. It's all a gemara, but it's paskin aloch and Shulchan Aruch. If I construct a fence around my field. And it's not only around my field, but I also construct it around my neighbor's field. For whatever reason it is, maybe I need to also. Otherwise, animals will come into my field. So I construct a fence not only around me, but also around my friend's field. So the Gemara, again, talks about this case and says clearly, the neighbor has to pay. Now, he never asked anybody to build this fence. He never told him to. He didn't say a word. His neighbor built a fence around but since he's getting Hanar, he's benefiting from someone else's idea, from someone else's things, so he has to pay for it. That's the Allah in the Gemara, that's the Allah in Shulchan Aruch. So, the Maisa came as follows. There was a Maisa to Noedib Yehuda, it's pulled down in Chosh Mishpat, Selim Chavdalet, where the Noedib Yehuda was posed with the following Shaida. There was a Tabat Chacham who produced a parish on certain Chalakim of Shas. He had certain Mesechans in Shas, he wrote a parish, and he produced a parish on these few Mesechans. So he went over to a printer and he said, listen, I'm going to provide you with a Tzura Sadaf of Gemara, Rashi, Toysus, and underneath I'm going to give you my parish. I would like you to print it. So the printer says, sure, no problem. He prints the parish, Gemara, Rashi, Toysus, parish of this fellow underneath, wonderful. Then the printer decides, you know, this is great. I've gone over here the plates of Gemara Rashi Toysfus. I don't need the parish underneath. Let me keep the plates that this fellow gave me of Gemara Rashi Toysfus. And eventually, let me go and produce my own shas that I'll be able to make money. Because I really have the plates from these mesechtas. So this fellow, this Talmud Chacham, tying it to the printer, Slicha, I paid money for these plates. I had to organize the letters, the text. It was a whole in those days, right? It's not like it is nowadays, everything digital. It was a serious labor. It was a serious physical job. So he said to the printer, how can it be that you get it for free when I had to spend time and I had to spend money in investing in this item and you're getting hung up? And he said, the Gemara is my example. He said, the Shulchan is my example. I have a Shulchan where somebody builds a fence around my field and I never told him to, but he does. But the very fact that I get Hanar from it is enough of a reason that I should have to pay in that case. So that's the case over there. So the Noyib Yehuda came along and said that. Said the Noyib Yehuda, that's a different type of case. Why? The case over there of the fence was that he had to pay extra. He had to build more around my field in order to go and make sure his field is okay. Because he had to pay more, because he had to invest more, good, I have to pay. But in a case over here that we're dealing with, in the case of the shas, the person was producing the shas anyway. He was getting ready the plates anyway. 
What's the difference to him whether or not the printer decides to use it? So now the Yehuda wanted a tiny lachayah, he shouldn't have to pay. Nobody, he's not going to have to pay more. Right? Very similar, by the way, to the case of the CD of the music. They're not doing anything extra because I decided to copy it, right? It's just a simple thing that they've done it already. Let me use it. Why not? Zanana. Right? The case of the Rebbe just said the same thing over here. The printer was anyway having it, right? The guy used it. He put it in there. He gave it to the printer. Finished. Well, he's not going to spend more on it. So it's not doing in the case of the Gemara. Then the Rebbe comes along and says, no. And this is something very negative to us. Says the Rebbe Yehuda, you're right. But in the long run, he's going to lose. Why is he going to lose? He's going to lose in the long run because once he produces his shas, so now the first person that produces his shas is going to lose less people because there's going to be more competition, there's going to be more shasim all over the place. And therefore, that's going to be the situation. Said the Nodib Yehuda, since there's going to be less bias for the original shas, we're going to have to say that your attacker are being mazik, and therefore you're causing damage to somebody else, and therefore, yeah, maybe you do have to pay in that case. So our shayla is very similar to that. Our shayla is similar to that. Our shayla is, you take a CD, they take somebody else's CD, someone else's MP3, and you say, I'd like that, you know, that new CD is great, let me go copy it from you. Now, I would theoretically have bought it, right? We'll get to later, what happens if I wouldn't have done? But in a regular case, I would have bought, I just saved me the 60 shekel or whatever it costs to go and buy a CD. So in the long run, it's true that he never had to do any more hanar, he never had to do any more work or put any more money into the fact that I'm copying it. But the truth of the matter is, in the long run, like the Nodi Buddha said, there's going to be a loss to the original producer. There's going to be a loss to the original person. However, so the Nodi Buddha comes along, so the Nodi Buddha is a major problem. We have over here a serious shayla. However, there were many, many, many ucholik on the sheet of the Nodi Buddha. Rebarach Franklin Hagois writes a whole different mahalach. And he's ucholik on the Nodi Buddha as follows. He says, when do you have to pay for something that you get hanar from, when you use somebody else's property. In the case of the Gemara, the case of Shulchan Aruch and Chayshu Mishpat, when my field is having hanar from his fence that goes around my field, so I'm using his property and I'm getting hanar. If that's the case, said the uh, Rebbe Frankel, that goes, it's different. The case of the printer, you can't say that. In the case, what was the case of the printer? The case of the printer is he owns the printing press. And in the printing press you've got these plates that were made by the original person. But it's my printing press. It's my printer. You can't tell me what to do with my item. You can't tell me what to do with something. He brings a riot. Let's say, for example, I own a delivery company, right? I have a horse and cart. You want something delivered from city to city? You hire me. I'll take it, you know, put everything in the wagon. And off I'll go to wherever you want me to go to move the places to somewhere else. Wonderful. Let's say you hired me, he says. Right? You hired me to go and deliver something from one city to another city. No problem. So I'll fill up the wagon with everything. What about if I've got a few items that I would also like transporting from place to place? You know, at the same time, I'm anyway going there. Let me stick on my own items at the same time. Do I have to pay? Do I have to pay for that? Of course not. <laughs> it's my horse. It's my wagon. Good, you're right. I'm going there because you're paying me to go there. And anywhere I would have been going there. But it's my item. I can do whatever I want with it. Therefore, comes to both Frankel and said, the case of the printer is no shaykhs. Bish, I'm in the case of Shulchan before when I have a fence around. So I'm using somebody else's property to benefit from it. Oh, then I have to pay. But in the case over here, the printing, it belongs to me. And if it belongs to me, what's the shayla? So here's my shayla right now. I have a file. I have a, a CD that somebody, has, somebody got, right? So he put it onto his MP3, he put it onto his iPod, whatever it was. So the question is, 
um, I'm getting Hana. It's true I'm getting Hana. But it belongs to him already. He bought it, right? He paid whatever he paid for the CD. It belongs to him. Wonderful. You can't tell someone what to do with their own items. It belongs to them. Just like we said, you can't tell a printer what to do with his printing press because it belongs to him. True, the original Hana came from somebody else. But the mice belongs to him. So the same thing here. I have a CD. It no longer belongs to the original producer. I bought it already. And if I bought it, it belongs to me. You can't tell me if I can copy it or not. It belongs to me. So who said, I'm a, they can have a tiner and they have a right to tell me not that way. So let's go into some of the, the, the points in this Indian. Hassan's rule, by the way, generally will not apply unless you're doing it in business form. If you're copying it for a business, then there's obviously going to be a problem with Hassan's rule, but if it's only for a private use, there will generally not be Hassan's rule. Now, I have to tell you, there are El Chayidin out there who Taka will call up, you know, and find out whether or not they're allowed to do it or not. I've had many people by me that call up, you know, the Chavais, they're giving a, a share to a seminary on Kashras, and, you know, can we copy the Kashras in the kitchen, this page and that page and that page. So later we'll discuss whether or not I had a, a, I had a newspaper in Lakewood that contacted me right before Yontov. They wanted to produce the whole pocket series, you know, Cholamoid, in their newspaper all over Lakewood. I said, with the greatest of pleasure, there are people out there that call, that want to know, and that want to be maybe in the finish or something, and so we'll get to the halachas of photocopying things in a moment. But Asadus full generally doesn't apply unless you're doing it for business. If you're doing it for private use, it wouldn't apply. So therefore, the halachas of Asadus full when it comes to copying CDs, will generally not apply in this halacha, because I'm doing it for a private use. One of the main shilas that I've dealt with over here is Geneva. Stealing. Apostle stealing. I'm taking something that doesn't belong to me. He paid whatever he paid in the shop to buy the CD. I'm now taking it from him to use it myself for free. Let's push a Geneva. Is it Geneva or is it not? That's the Shaila. And the Shaila is more than just a Geneva Shaila. Geneva we understand to be a Chaifetz, right? If I steal your pen, I steal your, you know, whatever it is that you have. So I've stolen something, I've taken something of yours and I've taken it as mine. That's called Geneva, that's called, that's called stealing. How about when someone produces something that's a Chochmah? He produces something that, you know, an idea. He was a creator, he creates something. Is there bias on that? Can you say somebody that produces a song has bias on this song? Gavaldi, the Rabbanish Lelem gave him a beautiful, you know, Chachma, right? It's not him, it comes from the Rabbanish Lelem, could be Takas, the Sherrod, Kalisol, whatever it may be, that's not for now. But the point is, what did he create? Nothing tangible. Right? Nothing tangible. I'm taking his song, I'm taking his idea. There's a person that bias on something like that. So really we have a few Marmachimists to this. One is the Medrash Tanchum and Parashat Bamidbar, where the Medrash says, again, they want to be a right to this, that if a person says something, Shaloi B'Shem Omroi, right? So we know the Gemon Cholin tells us, if you say, Dabba B'Shem Omroi, maybe Geula, fine, from Esther. That says the Medrash Tanchum and Mufusha Medrash. If a person says something, Shaloi B'Shem Omroi, it doesn't say who he heard it from, says the Medrash Shachayim Meshum Gzela. Stealing, Parashat stealing. <laughs> what did I do? I stole something? They've been arrived on this medrash that you see from here that even if I didn't take something tangible, but I take something away from somebody else, even if it's not actual a physical item, it's going to be stealing. So that's number one. Number two. Sorry. No, not in He's got the schosatayr. He was machadish this chiddush. Avali was machadish chiddush. It's his chiddush. I just hasn't said it for his name. I'm not getting now schar because I was machadish this new chiddush in the world. His schar. But the question is, if I said something that doesn't belong to me, I've stolen a Kiddush from him. Ah, you want to say it's not Gzela, but it's him. Okay, good, fine, so you could tell such a thing. But we have other Marmot Kindness. We have other Marmot Kindness. We have a famous sheet in the Shoyle Meshiv. The Shoyle Meshiv in Chedek Alasim and Memdalad brings the following Maisa. There was a print in the middle of the 1850s uh, that published a big size 
of the Shulchan Aruch. It's the first time Shulchan Aruch came out with the Prima Godim and the Chavaz Das and the Pischei Tshuva in the Sefer itself. Until then, the Pischei Tshuva was sold as a separate Sefer. Now they decided to put it all together, have everything in Shulchan Aruch, Munach Mechonecha, you have the Shulchan Aruch, you've got the Neitzah Kalim, you're doing the Pischei Tshuva. Wonderful! The problem was, somebody came along and said, excuse me, I got the rights, I bought the rights from the Pischei Tshuva, from the Pischei Tshuva, to produce the Pischei Tshuva. And now you're putting it into the Shulchan Aruch. <laughs> you owe me money. <laughs> it's my right, it's my safer, it belongs to me. So they came to a dentaria in front of Shmuel Vandenberg. He was a dying and he said there's no problem whatsoever. For a few reasons. Reason number one, there's no cheirin. There's no cheirin written there for it's no problem. Reason number two, even if there was a cheirin, the Bishkei Tshuva originally, the old music was all gone, there's none left, you can't buy it anymore, it's no out of stock. And reason number three, he said, was because it's different. No one's going to buy a Pisgah Tshuva and say, oh, I'll buy the Shulchan Aruch then. No, no. If you want the Pisgah Tshuva, you'll buy the same Pisgah Tshuva. You'll buy the Shulchan Aruch also because it has other things. But you're not going to buy a Pisgah Tshuva and then say, you know, I'm going to go to that one instead because it has a Shulchan Aruch, right? Okay, you could tie in what do you mean. Someone wants Pisgah Tshuva, now instead of buying two Svam and Shulchan Aruch and a Pisgah Tshuva, now they'll only buy one. Good. That's a tie But if Shmuel Vandenberg wanted a tie there's no problem with that whatsoever. They came along the Shalim Eishiv and the Shalim Eishiv, absolutely not. The Shalim Eishiv is Machadish and unbelievable Chiddush. And he said, when somebody comes up with a creation, when somebody comes up with a Chiddush, whether it's in Torah, whether it's in any Chachmah, this belongs to him, La'olam void, and he has the balance on it forever. And he brings an interesting example. The Shalom he says there was a Yid, an old Polish Yid, that created some kind of calculator. I don't know exactly what it is. Some kind of calculator. And he said he created it, he said he got royalties, he received money for years and years and years afterwards. Why? Because it was his Chiddush, it was his creation. The shita of the Sholem Meshiv is when you create a Chiddush HaTorah, or you create a song, for example, he doesn't say that, but that's obviously the same idea. When you create something B'chachma, that Chachma belongs to you. Not only on a shtender that you created, you designed, or a suit that you designed, or a piece of furniture you designed, but who are in with any chachma whatsoever. There's an interesting raya from a Yushalmi Maisus. Yushalmi Maisus talks about when a person plants things in a hefka field. So we know if something's planted in hefka, there's no shayas of trumas and maisus. It's hefka. Says the Yushalmi, no, you're chayv in trumas and maisus. Why? Because he holds, and that's what they bring arrived this Rishalmi, that when you create something, even if it may be Hefka, but this is your creation, it belongs to you. And if it belongs to you, you're Chayv and Shumas Amaisus. That's the Raya from the Yushami over there. Now, there were many, many, many Gedoyle O'Neb on this Svar of the Sholem Eishib, Ludugman the Chassam Soifa, in Simonai and Tess, the Beis Sitzkoch in Yerodeh, Simonai and Hei, the Beis Sitzkoch writes, where do we find such an Issa? That a person that can have bilus on something that, that, that's not tangible. How do we have a case of an issa of something that is just in the air, so to speak? Now, Maisa, there are many riots back and forth. I don't want to go now into all the riots that we find in different places. But also, probably we have a machlekes. We have a machlekes to show the measure that holds. Now, when a person creates something, it is bilus, it belongs to him. We have those that hold no, a person cannot have bilus on something. And Mamela, obviously, if you don't have bilus, we understand what that means. Because if you don't own something, then it wouldn't be neighbor. There wouldn't be stealing in such a case. So Rav Moshe is a tshuva. Rav Moshe talks about this in a, in a, a similar idea case in Chedek Dalad and Rav Chaim, Simon Mem, Oisut Tess, where Rav Moshe talks about someone gives a shit 
and he doesn't want anybody to copy it, right? So it happens sometimes, right? For example, if I'll give a share in a case in a situation where people pay money to come inside, so I'll obviously tell people you can't go around and start copying these CDs because not for the people that paid. Otherwise, you know, we lose people that paid lose their money, whatever it may be. So Moshe looks about a similar case, and he tells us that the Magid Shir has the right to say no one's allowed to copy or no one's allowed to record it. There's the right. Now, once it's out already, and he gave permission. He can't all of a sudden say yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. But at the end of the day, he has the right to say don't copy or record my share. So it seems to be with Moshe's going with the Mahalik of the Sholem Meishid that a person can create and have bilis on something that's not really a physical, tangible item, a chayfet, but on his chiddush, on his talk, on his speech, on anything like that. There's another tshuva, I mean, this is a famous Chavetz uh, Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim seems to go with the same Mahalik. Kiyadur, the Chavetz Chaim, said that anybody's allowed to copy the Mishabura as long as you give 4% of the profits to any shul. Now that obviously means that the Chobetz Chaim understood that the, the Mishaburu remains his Lo'olam Vait. Right? Anybody that reproduces it is reproducing it, but you're reproducing it something that belongs to the Chobetz Chaim and therefore he has the right to taina what to do with it and what not to do with it. So the Armakilim, for example, there's a Marusham, that's Torah in Chedi Beisim and Reish Beis, there's a Sridesh as well, that wants to be making that there's no bias on something like this and therefore there's no Isigneva to copy. However, it seems that most of the Gedolim went with the Sholemation. For example, the Machanechaim in Chesh Mishpatsim and Memtes, the Rabbi Shimon Shkop has a Sugya, the beginning of Baba Kama, the Minachasitzka has a Chuvah in Chedi Tesim and Kufnan Gimel, Rabbi Yashiv Zatzal and others held that we have to go with the Sholemation over here. So we have an interesting Shaila. You go and look at the CD, right? Go and look at the MP3, go and look at the music CD. You'll often see something very interesting. They're going to write on the CD the following. I spent some time tonight looking at different CDs to see different Lashonis and different, you know, Maduras to see what they write and different things. Very, very interesting. Some of the CDs, what they'll write is, we're not selling this item to you. We're giving it to you or we're lending it to you, you know, different Lashonis, whatever it may be. And you're allowed to have any Hana from it. You're allowed to enjoy the music, but not, nothing more than that. You cannot sell it. You cannot copy it. You can't do anything with it. Which means what they're doing is something called Shia. Something called Shia means they're keeping something for themselves. They're not selling you the entire item. Here's the CD, it belongs to you. Oh no, they're not doing that. They're retaining some ownership to themselves and they're keeping that ownership and telling you what to do. Now, where does that come in, Allah? Where, where do we find such a thing that we're, they're allowed to sell something to me and it's mine, but only for some things and not for other things? So I have a few rides. I'll just bring you three of them. There's a Gemara and Bob Metzir, Daflama Dalam and Allah that talks about they used to sell sheep and they told the people they're selling the sheep, listen here, any of the wool and any of the offspring that come from the sheep belongs to me for a long time. And the Gemara says they have the right to do that. They have no problem to do that. That's what the Gemara says over there. Another halacha. There's a Shulchanarach and Chayish Mishpat Simen Reish from Aleph that talks about someone that gives a matana. When you give a matana to somebody else, you're allowed to stipulate, hey, you can have this matana, but you know, don't make it hectish and don't do this and don't do that. You have certain tonight you could do. So we see from Shulchanarach, you can make such a tonight. And there's a Shulchanarach Rab, very interesting Shulchanarach Rab, and Pesach and Tofmem Ches, where he says, when you sell chomets to a goy, you're allowed to make it tonight that this goy is not allowed to sell it onto somebody else, which is Agar, the major Shaila. In Hilchos Chometz, are you yeah kind of the Chometz? Does it belong to you to a certain extent that you have enough bias on it that you're over by your by your matzah? But again, that's not our sugya at this moment of time. What do we see from here? We see from here that it's possible for a person to sell something or give something to someone and retain ownership for himself. So this is exactly what they're doing. The producer over here of this CD of this music item is saying, "Listen here, you're paying for the item. Great, have the hanor, enjoy the music as much as you want." 
that certain things I am restricting you to do. And those things are copying, and those things are you know, duplicating, and whatever it is that they say over there. However, Mr. Shaney, many persons come along and say, Mechatesa. And I actually spoke to one of a very, very Chashvadayim and Chutzah, it's a few moments, a few moments before the Sheh, who's known to be one of the biggest Bikim in Hilchah's copyright, and also in copyright in laws of the whole world, and everything, all sorts of government laws. So he told me, those words are called Dvarim Betalim. have absolutely no Shaykhaz Apiyah They can't tell me what to do with it and how to do with it. Yeah, those cases in the Gemara, and, and, and that we mentioned over there, are slightly different, right? Because in those cases, the Pshat is, there's like, for example, you can't use it to sell, right, for business purposes, or you can't make it hectic. Good! In those cases, you're allowed to make that tonight, but to say that I'm allowed to copy it from my friend, and therefore there are those boys can that say that even if they write that, that's not going to work. That's number one. Number two, when he writes in the Sefer Tchumim he says there are two exceptions. If you notice on the CDs, they'll write two different Nashonis. He said, if they write that they're not selling it to you, they're just renting it to you, or giving it to you, I'll deny that you don't do X, Y, and Z, that's one thing. But if they write on it, do not copy, which a lot of them write, he says, that has no meaning, Bechal. Now they can't tell me to do. <laughs> I bought it, it belongs to me, it's my bailis, it belongs to me 100%, and therefore they cannot tell me, how. just like they can't tell me, for example, you can't make it tonight with someone, by the way, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm selling you this coat, but please don't wear it on a Wednesday. <laughs> it doesn't work. The, 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 the mechir is a good mechir, it's sold, it's sold, right? But you can't tell someone something that's nourished kind of like that. So therefore, Zalman Nechemu Goldberg said, you can't sell, tell someone, you know, don't copy it. It'll make a day, so I bought it, this, I'm only renting it to you. No, maybe, maybe. But in the case where it's said to us to copy that has no nafkamina lahalacha and that's not called geneva and the other thing he says is as follows he says this whole halacha of copying is on the original CD it's on the original the real, the real one right that one that says don't copy or that one that says I'm only giving it to Altanai blah 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 but he says once it's been copied from once and you're getting it from that source so you can't tell it that you know the not by that one the one the one that comes after one you can't say that that one oh that one you know still owns is, 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 is originally the owners and therefore still has a bias on it no it doesn't work that way once it's gone far from there so therefore he has no shaykhs and he can't tell me what to have it. however he does say there are other issues of course those might be an issue Shia for example you may get away from but there are many other issues that are involved and one of the main issues that the most rabbanim go with the maisa is as follows. That means even though could be our Pialoch, I can come up with a terum and say that he's got no bilus on it. And like I can say there's no gneva because I bought it all these terum. But Dine de Mochose Dine is a halacha with Paskanazoi, and therefore in most places where a person lives, here in Israel, in England and America, they have copyright laws. They have copyright laws, they have something called fair trading, all the copyright laws that say you're not allowed to, and someone produces something to copy it. And Dine de Mochose Dina, as told to me, is some of the Choshev Dayani who deal with copyright things from huge corporates, right? He spoke to me just before. Mummish huge corporates of major, major, major millions of dollars worth of software. It goes through his sat when they're dealing with Yidin and whatever. So it's no question about it. You've got Dina Demokhose Dina that applies and if it's true that the country is telling you you're not allowed, then obviously you're not allowed. So Lemaisa. Let's go to something Lemaisa with a few Ethereum. Seems to be, if we go through the heterium of what we've just spoken out and all the different things, we could say our pihalacha, there is a mahalach for a person to say that he's allowed to copy it because A, maybe it's not the original, B, he's got no bias on it, whatever it may be. But it seems, as I mentioned before, we gudolim go with the mahalach of the shalimeshi, which means that a person has bias on it, and if he has bias on it, maybe the CD belongs to him, and therefore he has the right to tell me what to do. Right? As we mentioned, roi gudolim poskim. The shevet halevi chelevov, some of the reishlamatess is fire on copying things 
he doesn't like it bechalal. He says chasasham pshita the other yochel esrei shaloi. A person can say what belongs to him, and he can ask other people from doing that. If Shimeg I was mekabel, if Shimeg Zatzal was also very machmir. Dayan Fisher they say b'shem Dayan Fisher he was quite making a lot of of copywriting. But lemaisa in most cases dina the mechusa dina will kick in and will tell a person hold on a second if the laws of the country tell you not to copy so obviously you're going to have to listen to that halacha over there. But there are certain attainment. Let me give you some attainment, right? And again, there are chokam on these Everybody, as I mentioned at the beginning, take the shaila, go to the go to a rov, and figure out the mice what you should do. But I'm going to give you some attainment. Heta number one. If something is easily obtainable, for example, on the internet, if a person, any person, I'm talking about a genius who knows how to code and how to figure out ways of doing it, LP, you know, some website in Russia that they can get, no, no, I'm talking about a regular person who can go online and he can download this song or this program or this, you know, this word process, whatever it may be. It's easy for a person to do, then most posts can hold that will be mutter. There's no problem to copy such a thing. What's the pshat? The pshat is it's called in Rishus Harabim. Belongs to everybody. Once it's online in a way that anybody can simply pick it up and download it. And again, in a regular, normal way, in an easy way, not some mahal chachma way that you have to figure out how to beat the system. In a way that anybody can download this song, anybody can download this software, that's called, it's in Rosh Hashanah and it's Hefka. And it's like the Gemara tells us in Bamatziyah, Chavdalat, Zutah Shalyam, which is passed in Chesh Mishmas and Mesh Bamatess, that Zutah Shalyam, even if the Balabais is standing there screaming, saying, Asa, 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 you're not allowed. It doesn't make a difference. Right? Gemara says, Pasun Shulchan, Zutah Shalyam, right? You see a Messiah, you see uh, someone lost something, it's floating down Zuta Shayam, passing the Gemara Lemaisa, Zoy Passing Chayish Mishra Shim and Reish Lamates, that that item is 100% mutter to take, even if the Balabos is standing screaming, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's Hefka, pick it up and bring your pocket. So say to here, good, don't write on it that it's Asa, but if anybody can get it, so they no longer have the bias on it, it's Hefka, and there's no problem. Now again, there are those who are Cholik on that, but a lot of posts can hold that will be one of the bigger team. Another heta, for personal use. Sorry? Even, yeah, true. Because once it's on there, there's no dealing with Chosadin anymore. Because even the, even, the, even the government will be masking to that. Because it's already, it's already, everyone can get it. They can't abide with something like that. Even if the right that it's also, it doesn't make a difference. That's the Batsias. Now, the other thing would be personal use. So personal use, a lot of posts can hold. Let's say, for example, I want to have a CD. I buy a CD. I buy the CD. I would like one for my car, and I would like one for my office. Right? I'm not going to buy two. Forget, they don't want me to. They don't want me to. Of course, they'd like me to, but they don't expect a person to buy two CDs for his own personal use. In fact, I found that, again, I was just looking through you know, various CDs. Some CDs actually write that you're allowed to copy it for your own personal use. Now, if they write that, obviously that's posh you could do that. But even without that, the post can be generally make for a person to copy it for their own personal use. Now again, what does it mean to a personal use? Right, Ishtar Kagufa and his children and his son-in-laws and then it starts you know, going further and further to learn as well. A person has to be careful with that, that's for sure. A person can even produce a mix on his own. He wants to take a mix of different CDs and put them onto one CD. So when he goes flying on the airplane, he's got like kilo a mixture of all of them on one table, one CD. That's also no problem. He's doing it for himself. There's no problem with such a thing over there. Uh, if a person is doing it to make sure that it doesn't you know, get lost, he's worried about the CD being scratched, he's worried about the MP3 being lost, or whatever it may be, so he can make himself a copy, that's not a problem as well. If something is out of stock, many posts give on Makel, if something is already out of stock, you can't buy it anymore, so then we're not worried, and obviously if it's not going to come out again, then we're not worried that the producer is saying, hey, I'm losing money, because obviously he's got no intention to redo it, and therefore you're not going to be losing out, something like that. Lending it to other people is mutter, even if those other people would not buy it. That's not my problem. I'm allowed to lend it to them. Right? This guy wants to, he's going on an airplane, he wants to borrow my CD while he goes for a day or two trip. He's going to come back, right? He wants to borrow my CD. I'm allowed to lend it to him, right? It belongs to me. I'm allowed to lend it, even though that may stop him from buying it. At the end of the day, lending it to somebody else will be mutter. What's that? Usually, right to the CD, also the as well. 
No, so they're not. They're, they have no right to tell me I can't lend it. Now, I can't lending it. I'm not meaning the shtick. Right? I'm lend, you know, I'm buying it, putting it on my MP3 on my iPod, and then I'm going to go lend it to you for revenue. That doesn't work. But someone literally, a guy wants to go. He's going. He's going on a day, two-day trip. He possibly needs some music for two days. Can I please borrow your CD? That's how I'm going to I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to lend my items to somebody else. If I buy a pen from somewhere, right? So I can't lend it to you because otherwise, you know, the shop will lose that because you won't buy the pen. About you allowed to buy it? No problem whatsoever. Now there's sorry. Shutfus? Yeah, you could buy the shutfus. Yeah, you could buy the shutfus. That's you could buy the shutfus. Again, I don't want to go. Oh, it's, it's late. I first want to get to other examples. No intention to buy them. Is a tiny as some people. Well, I won't buy it anyway. I won't buy it anyway. I'm not going to buy it. First of all, you have to know if it's elf. A lot of times you would buy it, but you know, you say I wouldn't buy it, but really you would. So obviously, if it's not elf, you're not being elf. That's a double portion. But there is a tiny to be makele over here. Lemaisa, we aren't. We're not. We're not makele generally. But there is a tiny to be makele that the person who produced the CD, the singer, he doesn't really care about people actually uh, copying too many CDs. What's the chat? Their main point also, and don't ask them, the investment that they make for CDs is unbelievable. Right? It costs a lot of money. They don't even get their money back from that. They don't even make money from that. Where they make their money? From concerts. They make money from chasana, these things. So they're happy in a way for people to go around copying their CDs because the more it gets around, the more popular they get, the more chasanas, the more concerts and all these sorts of things. Now again, that's a tiny that someone is said to be maker. But the mice, we generally don't use that. There are those, I think, Belsky in America uses that taina to be makele the maiser and say that if she doesn't mock him to be makele but again you have to know how to use that you have to be ela buying from a goy and by the way this, all these halakhas are saying now apply to any program any type of software whether it comes from a goy and it comes from a yid it's the halakhas exactly the same everything is said until now applies exactly the same way stealing from a goy by the way is exactly the same as stealing from a yid of course so you've got the extra added problem of chil Hashem which is maybe even worse and I'm from the halakhas over there uh, photocopying a very similar shayla as well. When it comes to halachas of a person taking an IT, you take a safer, take a book, and you want a photocopy to make a copy. So what's the halachas of Shlomo Zalman's that Salam Maisa held that to make a couple of copies, a few pages of the safer for your own personal usage, there's no problem whatsoever. Right now, he says a few pages, not the whole book, right? So for example, when I produced the Schmitter chart, right, we made 25,000 copies, right? So I got calls from all over the place, can I make copies? Yeah, I know, right? So why did I tell people not to make copies? Why was it copyright? Because we invested money in 25,000 copies, we sent them all over the country. If everyone was going to photocopy, so we're going to end up you know, spending money on nothing. Everyone just photocopy it. So there was a reason why sometimes people write copyright, right? There's many other reasons as well that I'm not going into now. Rabbi Shalom Zalman said for a person's personal usage, for example, a person's going, he's going on a bus, he needs it, he wants to do dafyani, right? He wants to look at something. He doesn't take the whole Gemara with him. It's a photocopy. There's no problem. Even if it says don't copy, even if it says don't copy one page, there's no problem with Rabbi Zalman of making one page of a copy in such a case. In fact, Rav Vosna in Shemit Halevi was asked, what happens if you have a Rebbe in Yeshiva or you have someone giving Shiorim and they want to give out photocopies for the Olam? You don't want to give them make about 20, 30 photocopies and give it out to the class. So he writes, even though it's a big amount, but since it's done, A, Mitzvah, Mitzvah, and B, no one would have bought it anyway. Like, no one's going to buy that whole book because, you know, you want to give one exercise of one page. And therefore, since anyway they wouldn't have bought it, and since it's Mitzvah, Mitzvah, so therefore you are allowed to copy in that way. Now, by the way, you can't use that tiny for the CDs. People tiny, I'm only going to copy one song, right? What's the big deal? It's only one song. Terence says no. Sometimes you'll buy a whole CD just because it's got that one song on it, right? But a whole book, generally, you wouldn't from that thing. There's a sugi about taking pictures against people's will if people are allowed to assa people from taking pictures, but I don't want to go into that. The last shayla really is 
the aspect of stealing an idea of decoration, furniture, tailoring, and things like that. So the mice, if it's for private use, generally it will be motor. There's no is if I'm using an idea for my private house, there's no problem. However, the balabos, the person who owns the shop, has a right to say, I don't want you coming into my shop getting ideas. Or even more so, yeah, these people that walk in with their cameras, right now everything's on the phone, right? So people can do everything you know, in an easy way. They can sort of pretend they're on the phone, take some pictures, this, that, and the other. And then they go out and start ordering it online because it's cheaper. So the balabos on the shop is allowed to say, I don't let you do that. I, it's a private use, there's no problem. The terrorist is, since he owns the shop, he owns this place, so this place is something that he has bias on, he's allowed to tell me what to do in his mockum over there, and therefore that wouldn't be a problem. Again, private use is motor, but to start doing something against his will in his place will be also. Let me just finish with one last thing. Uh, on Shabbos, someone came up to me and told me this following mice to tell over to the Oilam. He said there was a big composer, a big producer of music that once saw advertised in one of these little flies and advertising sheets, whatever, that if a person would like, you know, music on their CD, on their computer, or on their iPod, whatever it is, you know, call this number, all the latest CDs, all the latest videos, everything's there, right? So this was a big composer, a big producer. He figured, well, this is interesting. Let's give it a call. So he calls up the, uh, the person. He says, fine, listen, meet me in a certain place, you know, at a certain time. It's interesting. He goes there, some dark alleyway in the middle of nowhere. He meets this fellow, right? This fellow takes out his computer and starts, you know, what songs do you want? This one, this one, this one. He puts it on, whatever. How much money does it cost to say them? He says, let me ask you just a, a small question. Can I take what you've given me? I've got a habusa. He also wants a copy of everything. <gasps> what do you mean? You know, how long it took me to produce this? You know, how long it took me to, you know, to put it on the, the, the list at the time and this and the then ah, say that all of a sudden when it comes to your own thing, a person has to realize in a khanami could be the heterim, right? It could be there are certain ways to get out of it. Again, we're dealing with Khoisha Mishpah, what's a gain for you is automatically lost for somebody else. A person has to be a menshlokai when it comes to these things. A person should remember the Ramban in Parashas Kedoshin, don't and use all the heterim to give yourself a term for other things. And again, Rabbi Sai, when a shayla comes up, ask a shayla, Allah Khalamai,